0: can't have people taste the food before they book a reservation. You need to create that feel and you need to create like the FOMO almost like online before they even get there. And they need to be like, I want to be there. I want to be around these people. So I learned a lot about like how to create that atmosphere and exactly going into like really diving into your demographic and mean, like, what is going to attract that person?
1: That's Mel from the Canadian creative agency Manuka Sunday. I have adored Mel's aesthetic and approach since probably early 2020. What started as a curated Instagram turned into demand for her to be her own boss, running other people's social media accounts to the Manuka Sunday Agency as we know it. She has a podcast. She recently launched her own YouTube channel and to be honest, she's probably the most consistent agency entrepreneur that I've seen both do the work and share the work online in its final form and consistently give us a behind the scenes look everything that it takes to get there so her and i are really similar pretty much in like where we're at with hiring capacity and scaling in our businesses and it was really unique to be able to chat to somebody pretty much in the exact same position even though she's on the other side of the world I'm in film, she's in branding. It's a really visual chat, so I hope that you have the opportunity to crack open Instagram while you're listening and take a look at either Process the Podcast's Instagram, where I'm going to share some of her work, or you can jump straight onto Manuka Sunday's own Instagram. I want to take a moment to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land which this podcast was recorded on, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. Welcome to Process the Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Thomas, motion director, social strategist and founder of production company Cinematom. I can't wait to bring you into the world of my guests, some of Australia and now the world because Mel is my first international guest, the most prolific creatives I know working in fashion, media and design as we unpack their unique creative process. If you love this episode, please hit subscribe or send it to a friend, making it all that little bit less lonely being in the wild west of creativity. Or DM me, we're on the 10th episode back and I need all the love that I can get. Let's dive in. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. Um, This is so fun because you actually have a podcast yourself, so I feel like you are a natural to just jump into this. Oh, there is no I hope I'm a natural. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I followed you during COVID. Your Instagram was doing something like it was just really cool. It was very curated. I would love for you to introduce yourself and talk me through what Manuka Sunday is.
0: I'm Mel. I am the founder of Manuka Sunday. I originally started it as a passion project. It's an Instagram account, but now it's turned into somehow a full-on creative agency. And we're just, we're just going with the flow. We're really, we're really going with the flow. You're
1: going with the flow, but also like I can tell that there's some serious plans behind this simple Instagram account. So where did the name come from?
0: I get this question a lot. Being like people that understand like are in the health and wellness industry, they get it. Cause like the Manuka, the the wellness honey type of thing comes out. And then, so my thought process was it was when I was building it, I was just wanting like an online journal to be gushing about all the things that I love wellness. And it ended up being like a very like journal type Instagram account that was just for fun. And I was like thinking about all the different things that I love about the wellness industry. And I thought like Manuka was such a fun name
1: for some reason. It's the most beautiful word. It has like the best feeling about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I like actually used manuka honey, and I used it for health benefits. Like when I got sick, I would have it in my tea and things like that. So I just loved like the wellness side of it. I mean, now I think it's like blown up into like such a buzzy term, but yeah. <laughs> um, I w- I saw the wellness side of it, and then Sundays are just bliss to me. Like they're the best day of the week. You get your shit done. You just it's nice. it's a day for you. So you. I mesh them together. I'm like a manuka Sunday just sounds like heaven to me, so it is it's a dream um yeah. so
1: and you're based in Canada,
0: yeah, I'm in Toronto at the moment over the past couple of years, I've been back and forth between Toronto to Vancouver to Cleveland randomly to back to Toronto, so I've been all over the place, but home is definitely Toronto at the moment. Are you gonna stay? I want to. I think so. I think like we tried to do six months in Vancouver. I'm originally yeah. from Vancouver. So I'm a West Coast gal. But yeah, we tried to do that. It honestly just wasn't for us. My husband and I uh, went out there for a couple months, but it's just very different. I'm like, I didn't realize how much of a big city person I was.
1: Yeah, fair. yeah, I have the same thing. Um, yeah. I just moved back from the Mornington Peninsula, which is essentially like, how would I explain it? Kind of like the Long Island to Manhattan. If Melbourne okay. was Manhattan, Like I went out kind of like for like a very dreamy, cottage life kind of Mm. vibe. It was after some pretty incredible life changes and I moved with my ex and then we broke up. So now I'm like, okay, back to the city we go.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's a heavy life change too.
1: Yeah. But I'm so happy to be back in the city because I think when your natural, like entrepreneurial hustle comes, it just is really needs to be paired with the right energy. I've learned that like, I can't, It's, it's a good equation, like where you're based to where your personality type and like your business goals. I don't think people necessarily think about that. Absolutely. So how did you get into what you're doing now?
0: Basically, I was in communications in university. So it was very broad. I went as broad as possible because I actually Mm. went for volleyball. Like I got a scholarship. So that's why I went to university. I don't think I would have gone if I didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) If I'm being honest. But once I was there, I was doing communications. I also did a minor in photography. So that was kind of like the draw to the visual side. And I got an internship. I applied for... Um, to do like all social media. It was social media management and then also doing interviews with athletes for social media. So I kind of got like the full sense of social media yeah. (laughs) and I got to test out the things I did like, the things I didn't like. And I got to just meet so many great people and like dip my feet and they just let me test out the waters and everything. So I knew I loved it since then. And then I ended up working for Live Nation, working in, like, the partnerships department. Cool. Yeah, and I honestly thought that was, like, going to be my career. I was, like, kind of being groomed into Music, <laughs> a situation. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I've always been, like, huge on the events. Like, I love hospitality. It's funny how, like, the different jumps in my career have always kind of gone along together with, Creating an environment for people, yeah, and like it went from the internship, which was a a full festival event in Whistler and Whistler, Canada, and um, and then Live Nation building out events for concerts and event like any of all types of events, and then I went on to being a marketing director at a hospitality company, so basically creating the Mm -hmm. feel online of restaurants, and that's kind of where I built out a lot of my skills because I was hired as a coordinator and very soon found out that I'm taking over the entire marketing department. Wow! So yeah, again, thrown in the fire, but I learned so much. And when the pandemic hit, I was just kind of forced into a situation where I'm like, okay, what do I do with the extra amount of time? Mm-hmm. And then started people just started to gravitate towards my Instagram account and realized that I don't actually just talk about wellness for a living. I do other things. So, yeah, yeah, the mesh between the two, the wellness side of Manuka Sunday and, like, my love for uh, sports as an athlete and um, taking care of yourself. I was, like, I had a huge injury when I was in my last year of university for volleyball. Mm. So I learned how to, like, properly take care of myself through, like, the hard way. but. Yeah. Now it's like meshing between my two worlds of marketing and the wellness side and like taking care of yourself and all of that by working with brands that I can really, really relate to.
1: Where do you think your knack for branding came from? Because like the way that you're creating brand assets and the world for these businesses that you're working with is insane. I see it probably from the ba- from the front front end like your presentation of what you've just done for a brand, kind of thing like how mm-hmm. you are channeling which is a really hard thing to do so congratulations on doing it well because you're literally fucking killing the game. Like how <laughs> how you talk about the work that you've just done for another brand. Firstly, yeah. extraordinary how you put that out there, but secondly, how did you get into the branding side of it because social and marketing is social and marketing yeah. but branding is like a whole other thing.
0: I actually don't know how I specifically <laughs> got into branding. I had like so for the marketing mm. position that I was working in and for hospitality, I was taught to because you can't you can't have people taste the food before they book a reservation. You need to create yeah. that feel, and you need to create like the FOMO almost like online before they even get there, and they need to be like, "I want to be there, I want to be around these people." So I learned a lot about like how to create that atmosphere and exactly going into like really diving into your demographic and be like, "What is going to attract that person?" So I did do a lot of branding. I mean, I did do a lot of um, social media with that company. Yeah, but we. It wasn't really social media. They went at it from the eyes of like, you're going to go, you're going to just target, target, target our key demographic. And if you don't hit them, you're going to hit the next person on our list. So a huge part of our branding is we do a full-blown strategy session, no matter how big or small our projects and we do exactly that. We create that persona that we're going to attract. And I think that really shines through when it's the very end goal, because then yeah. we, one, know usually who the business owner is by the end of that, like very well, because usually your business is your baby and it's a lot of what you, what brings out in your life too.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Does that make sense? And then- we dive into audience like demographic research and things like that to make sure that it's very aligned with the people that are actually going to be using the product or like just working with the brand in general. So Mm.
1: that was not answering your question whatsoever, how I got into branding. (laughs) (laughs) No, it does. It's actually fascinating that that the I was not expecting it to be from the hospo space that 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 world of and it's so true you have to give them the FOMO of that Mm -hmm. and I can definitely see that you've implemented that in your own business as well as the other businesses that you're working for. But like literally like the logo design, did that just come from passion of like loving how things look? yeah
0: that came from passion that came from me literally decorating my entire bedroom as a kid with like magazine clippings and making giant collages on the wall and things like that like I loved everything I remember this sounds so cheesy saying it but like I remember going into Starbucks and being like I love everything there there is on their packaging and yeah my dad is like a, a Starbucks fiend. Like he, he would go like four times a day. So I would always be with him. And I'd oh. just be like, I want to be a part of the packaging team when I'm older on Starbucks. Amazing. like I was just so drawn to things like that yeah. and like colors. And I always felt like when I would build out these collages in my room as a kid, I'd be like, this is the, this is like what I'm feeling this month. And I realize I'm just building out an adult mood board by creating brands and things like that. So it's fun. Yeah.
1: So you've niched down and now Mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense of why you've niched into the wellness space. But if like a lamp brand came to you and was like, Hey, we love what you do. Can you do it for us? Would you say no?
0: You know what? I think like I was thinking about this earlier and I feel like when I said I was going to niche down, it was more targeted towards the person that I'm working with, if it feels aligned, I say yes to anything, not anything, but when it feels <laughs> aligned, I say yes to it. If I, I've had very wellness driven, like all of the buzzwords yeah, brands come to me or people or entrepreneurs or creators come to me and it feels very sticky and uncomfortable. And I'm like, you are not in it for the right reasons. And, and I've you say no. been, yeah, I've been very fortunate enough to be able to say no now because it does feel weird when you're working with somebody. And this is something I've absolutely learned in like the last year. It's very hard, but to say no to somebody that you know down the line, you're creating something that's going to be selling products. And if that product doesn't align with you, it feels icky. It's yeah. like- it's not comfortable. So yeah. I've learned that the hard way. So if a lamp company came along and it was aligned with my values, absolutely. Yes. So I usually say like wellness and lifestyle. I try not to say like just wellness, because I also think that sometimes people f- think wellness and it's just very like woo yeah. holistic and things like that. I just, I want to more attract people that I align with and work well
1: with. And you've mm-hmm. got two Instagram accounts now. You started Manuka Sunday. Obviously, that's been incredible and growing. And then you've got Manuka Sunday, the agency. So what was the decision to split it out and how's that working?
0: Yeah, so the Manuka Sunday Instagram account, it started with just me. And I was, I'm was i still the face of it. And I don't know necessarily if I want to be the face of a brand. I... I, I literally started it with like the first year I didn't show my face at all. And I was just sharing like tips and facts and things like mm. that and research that I've done and I was sourcing it and it was like very different from what it is now. And then I realized people want to work with other people. People don't want to work with just brands. So mm. I started sharing my personality a little bit more and that's when the page, it didn't explode, but like it grew a lot more. And mm. in the past couple of months, I've gotten a lot busier and haven't been able to have the time to kind of create all of that content that I was doing in the past. So, but I still want to have like that very clean, crisp, like so people can see our actual work and our final mm. product. Um so that's why I created the secondary one. I wanted the secondary one just to be living there as like if somebody wants to click through and like see all the fun stuff and me and me being weird and showing my personality on the Manuka Sunday side, mm. they can click through to my creative agency page and see that there's like some good work behind us too. <laughs> we have the yeah, personality right. and we can do the work. Yeah, so that makes sense. yeah, I've been, I've been toying with the idea of like trying to, Fit them together in some way, but I don't know. it's tough. I think
1: they have they have, well they have the same name, so they're obviously mm-hmm. fit together. They're sort of they will never not be connected.
0: yes, for sure.
1: so who is in your team now, and how like have you got people on the payroll? And there's obviously like a lot going on.
0: This is an ongoing situation that I feel like is always a learning ma- a learning curve. officially at the moment, I'm mostly contract workers based. I have a main assistant slash strategist who helps me with pretty much everything. She's amazing on social strategy and she helps out with client work and kind of facilitates project management a lot. We work hand in hand, mostly just the two of us. And bounce ideas off of her I honestly when I when I first hired her I was like I just need somebody to like I need to tell I need somebody to tell me about an idea is bad when I have like this right? insane idea you need validation yeah. and it it's is-
1: so even like just the knowing someone's on the fucking emails you're like yeah. hello like it's so lonely sometimes
0: oh absolutely absolutely so she is currently actually in university so she's part-time at the moment, but I'm looking to bring that, like make that role into like my first full-time situation. Right. Cause there is a lot of stuff that I would love to be like working on behind the scenes. And it's just a constant project rather than right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, we're just, we're just taking care of the day to day. Um, and then on the project side I have a few different contractors so I have we do website design so I used to do website design and development all myself and then I was like it's time for me to let go of <laughs> development because that's yeah. the most frustrating thing in the entire world <laughs> so I found amazing contractors they're way better at what they do than I was at development mm. um so yeah I have one developer for Shopify one for WordPress and then one for Webflow, which is kind of like covers all our bases. If we have an e-commerce brand that wants to come in, or more heavy heavily based in blogging, or even just like they want something super customized, we have different Mm -hmm. options. And then also we have a audio engineer on the team who's amazing. Her name's Jana, and she helps me out with. Not my own podcast just yet, because I am not consistent enough to like tell her to be like, hey, I have something for you each week. I just don't trust myself with that. So I'm currently editing my own podcast, but she does edit um, two of our other clients' video and podcasts. And then we have Katie, who is my YouTube editor. I've recently
1: dove into the YouTube world, and she's incredible in keeping me consistent. That's so good. Um, Thank you. Having having someone there to also keep you accountable is so helpful because you don't want to let them down as a person, let alone the audience that you're trying to grow. Totally.
0: totally. It's like, oh my God, I need to get my shit together and get her. I need to film something. First of all, with the podcast, it's like, you probably know it's extremely hard to stay consistent with things. It's so much work and it's just when it's all on you, it's like, I just, I just let it go. I put my client work in front of it a lot. Always, but it's so yeah. bad.
1: And you're like, yeah. oh, but it, like it's. I'm in that pickle at the moment of growing the podcast out. Of if I miss a week because I'm just overwhelmed, does it then make me look bad to potential sponsors? Like, are they mm-hmm. watching my consistency to see? if I'm just a little grommet in the podcast space, or if I'm like taking it seriously, I'm trying to reverse engineer how I need to be in order to grow it. But then also trying to be kind to myself because I am a one woman show plus contractors. And it's just, I'm in the wild west. It's hard.
0: (laughs) It is hard. It is really hard. And like the biggest piece of advice that I got, which I'm now like passing on to absolutely everybody is that as soon as I was able to outsource anything that I was just not good at or just took takes up way too much of my time I did it and I wish I did it sooner um there's like awesome I've I've found some amazing people that are just interested in like learning the ropes and then they've like taken on taken on full-time positions as contractors so it's part it's scary because it's like jumping into something that you're like, I'm gonna spend so much of my time trying to teach this this person.
1: Mm. But
0: then when it works out, it's like, oh, I should have done this before. So
1: yeah. I've had many experiences where it's worked out and many experiences where it hasn't worked out. Yeah. And it sort of wounds you, right? When it doesn't. Like mm-hmm. it's so hard to be a creative person and have that not work out and not take it personally.
0: Honestly feels like a relationship ending. Yes, right. Yeah. And it's like, I just put so much of my heart and soul into that. And this is my baby and it's just, this is gut-wrenching that this didn't work out. And did I do something wrong? And was it just not meant to be from the beginning? It's like totally. all these things. yeah, And you
1: overthink it. And then I've gotten into the position where I'm, I'm like somewhat emotive about the, it not working out, but they are not, really that they don't really care and then I feel like such a weirdo being like basically writing like a really kind like heartfelt message and just like Mm -hmm. so unreciprocated I'm like oh and they're like wow I didn't really realize this meant so much to you and I'm like it meant everything to me yeah it's just
0: it's just my life (laughs)
1: literally um I find that really hard and I feel like it's not it's not talked about enough at this stage that I think we're both in, in business where you're trying to bring new people on and do those hires. What does and doesn't work that like really messy you. And you you also learn so much about yourself then as Mm -hmm. well, because you're like, Oh God, I have to, because you have to think about everything to then delegate everything in such a, like a refined digestible way that we've probably never put, That into practice before, and you get that process wrong. There's definitely a gap in the market for somebody to hold some hands through that process because it's wild.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And it's like you're dealing with humans, so it's not like you can just tailor it so perfectly. It's like every single experience is going to be so different. I've just learned to like really hold grace for myself and try to be very patient because it is something that I can be super hard on myself for, being like did I not teach her right or did I not give him the right instructions and things Mm -hmm. like that. So,
1: yeah. And you're also using – Contractors internationally, right? So your YouTube editor, Katie, she's in London. Yeah, yeah. What does your search look like when it comes to finding these resources and people?
0: I use Instagram as such an amazing tool. Like, I think that so many, so many people do such a great job at showcasing their portfolio and like what they do. She actually started following me, and then she, I think she commented on something or like messaged mm. me on something, and I looked at her page. And I was like whoa, I I'm, I'm all about this. Like you would be perfect for this. So I reached out like that. And then actually my assistant and strategist, she's, she just messaged me. She's like, I would love to get into the space that you're working in. And this actually happened to me twice that I've ended up hiring people. They messaged me on Instagram and they're saying like, I love what you're doing. I want to be a part of it. This is my criteria. Like, this is my experience. And I, and, uh, Yeah. They just, like, kind of shoot their shot. And I was like, let's meet for coffee. And if things feel good and you've, like, obviously qualified, I gave them a shot and it ended up working out really well. And I feel like, honestly, the organic things like that, when they happen, it means so much more to me. I've never really had something work out where it's like, send me your resume. I put a job posting out or something like that. It's me really searching for the person that feels good to, that's going to fit the job or that's going to fit what I'm looking for in the future.
1: The strategy, I guess, that you've put in place to market yourself and Manuka Sunday, as well as all the work that you do for Manuka Sunday. So the client Mm -hmm. work is great, Mm -hmm. obviously. And then you've got the YouTube channel and the podcast, you're essentially building your branding expertise into a media channel and yourself at the helm. Uh Where does that drive come from? Like, and is there a, a method to that madness, like a strategy? The YouTube
0: channel definitely came out of the fact that I just want to help as many people as possible. Yeah. And I, I know that sounds like so lame, but I have learned literally all of my skills off of YouTube. Like there's Mm. some, there's a lot of skills that I've gotten from experience and things like that. But even when I was thrown in the fire at these jobs that I've had, I was YouTubing things all night long and making sure that I could do them properly and like second guessing myself and then going to YouTube again and all of that. So I have always felt a very big draw to do YouTube, but I held off because I knew if I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it like full force and do it right. So that's why I, ha- I haven't done it from the very get go. And I honestly mm. wish I did start out on YouTube, but mm. at the same time, I think like Instagram is the best way to grow community. And for what I was doing, I knew one Instagram was going to be the main driver for me to actually connect to people. Cause there's, it's kind of the only platform that you can really connect on a one-to-one level. Like you still have messages. You can see a step further into daily life with stories. And mm. I know that people are like all about TikTok and everything, but it's really showing in a lot of our clients and on the personal side on like, if I'm posting on TikTok too, mm. you get the likes and you get the follows and everything, but you don't get that one-to-one connection. And like, actually, like, I have like serious friends on Instagram that I've met through my Manuka Sunday account that I'm like, I've never met before, but I, they understand what I'm going through and I understand what they're going through. And like, we've had zoom calls and things like that. Like, it's just a different way to get one-on-one and it's on, it's like the biggest driver for me getting new clients has been making those connections through Instagram because those people's know me and trust me. And they, if they have a friend that needs like a branding project, they'll they'll mm-hmm. be like, I know your person. I I'm sending you Mel because one, she's a girl. She's like, I, I trust her. I talk to her on a daily basis, things like that. And so I just find like the connections and the, the friendships, the re- actual relationships mean so much more for, um, for building a clientele and building your word Mm. of mouth and everything. So I guess the strategy behind it was definitely like lead with connection, lead with education, lead with like just giving as much value as possible. That's kind of another thing why, what I learned from the hospitality industry, like I, Mm was just told, like, give as much value as possible for that short amount of time that they are sitting in that restaurant. And I kind of took that and just being like, okay, what can I do to really make connections with people? And it's just sharing as much as possible. Like, when I started the podcast and the YouTube channel, actually, my main goal is, like, I want somebody to listen to it on a weekly basis and be able to build their own business or, like, just get a little bit closer to success. And they might not be the per- person that has enough money to spend on a huge branding project. But mm. like they're that other tier that maybe someday down the road, they're like, I've built my business from your information. I need your help now on something bigger that I can't do myself or DIY. Yeah.
1: Because it's absolutely. so like we're
0: all we've all been there, too. It's like doing that DIY thing is like you're in the trenches doing everything yourself. Yeah, and absolutely. totally yeah, I just want to add to that.
1: (laughs) For context, for people listening, the last, so you've got two YouTube episodes out. The first one was kind of like a welcome to it. And then the second one was, what's the title of the second one? Like the, for information's sake of what you're offering.
0: The second one was how to build your brand shoot. I break down how we do our branding and content shoots with clients and then give a, free notion template just to like how to organize it all and everything which i
1: downloaded and is fire by the amazing. way amazing i'll put it That's in the show amazing. notes so that people can firstly watch you and then also get the template because it's sick. I was like, I don't even have a template like this. And I run a video production business. <laughs> oh my God. That just I made like, my day. I love This is crazy. <laughs> well, essentially it's like everything that I think and like everything that I really yeah. intuitively do on autopilot, but you just had it templated out and I've got templates, but they're in Excel or whatever. Yeah. And Notion is just such a good place to house production. I think I've held back on that because I work with big enterprise businesses like mm-hmm. Kmart for example, the Australian version of like Walmart. They're yeah. not on Notion. So if I was like doopy doo come over to Notion and made them like download my my project management tool, they'd probably yeah. kill me because they're like can you just put this in Google Sheets and like speak our language, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They'd get annoyed. So mm-hmm. I've always stayed away from having something on Notion, but now I'm like internally this is the best. I love it's it. It's so
0: sexy. I love Notion. It's so good. Well, I also think like what you just said with it's all in my head and I am now it's templated out before I was able to just do everything from my head. And I was just like, I was just, I would just go, go, go. And since having a team, I do feel like having that template and being able to Mm. like Loom is also my best friend, like screen recording myself, walking through that notion template and sending it to an employee, or even like a future employee that might need it saves yeah. so much time. And I think like the little things like that have really saved me because yeah. yeah, I used to try to just do everything from being like, it's in there somewhere. It's in my brain. I can just make yeah, it happen. And you're
1: like, Oh, just give me like uh, in 20 minutes. I can pull it out. But then something like the stimulus comes, something mm-hmm. else smacks you across the head and you're like, Oh, I forgot to do that. Da, da, da. It's so easy. Yeah. It's the best. What is the goal for YouTube and the podcast? Are you just going to keep going and they're alongside your business and as you grow, they will grow? Or are you reverse engineering some world domination?
0: (laughs) I want to say I'm going to be – Dominating
1: in some way. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I honestly, with the podcast, it's just fun for me. With the YouTube channel, I really want to lean into a lot more education. And because I'm mm. building into something a little bit more on the strategy side, and I do think like our process of building the brands is very valuable. And I'm working on building that into something that I can hand off to people say it's maybe they can't like i want to be able to offer those those different tiers of packages mm. um maybe they're not able to do a full branding packet package with me or um do a full strategy session with me on their on their new product or something but i will have that next level of do it yourself version
1: mm. me
0: i whether it's a course I can never just, I can never picture myself as like a course person, but I want to create my own version of that. And YouTube yeah. is kind of like the first step for me to getting used to that. Mm-hmm. And I just want to get used to being on camera. And also I am like such a vlog girl. I have, same. I just, just, I love watching oh, a good vlog. Same. And it's Who something do you about like, i uh, I feel like I watch different people in like different seasons of my life i would, I watch Paige Lorenz.
1: Okay, I, I don't watch, know her, but I'm, I want to know all of the ones that you watch because I feel like we'll watch the same ones and I'm going to get a whole new playlist.
0: <laughs> it's honestly, they're they're all very just like aesthetic, like super chill. I used to watch them in high school. I used to watch Sarah's Day actually. Yes, for, a fellow like, Aussie. Like religiously. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I used to watch her religiously. And then uh, I'm really bad because I don't know a lot of people's names. I just watch them. Yeah. Um, Do you watch
1: like Estée Lalonde?
0: Yes. Love her.
1: She's, she's Canadian, right? Yeah. 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 And I just love how she's sharing like what she's doing. She's obviously taking her foot off the gas on YouTube a little Mm -hmm. bit because she's building out mirror water, but I just love how much she's just talking about her team and her office and her growth and like moving house. And she's just showing up and like just doing the work. It's not about looking really hot and doing a workout she's just like I'm walking my dog today and I feel a little bit like this and I'm she's like the so real and just reminds me to be softer on myself
0: she's absolutely and that's like honestly a huge goal of mine another person that I've watched since literally grade 12 was is Allegra Shaw She's, oh, yeah. she's also another fellow entrepreneur and I think that's what I'm gravitated most to It's the people that show are showing the behind the scenes plus mm. like are the influencer creator type but they also have like they have that next level of they're doing they're building something else to it and sh- and showcasing it in a way where it's relatable and they show mm. the ups they show the downs and I just want
1: to do all of that. I think that's so cool. Are you working from home at the moment or do you have an office space?
0: Yeah, I'm working from home most days. We do have like a co-working space that we go mm. to. Um, I'm usually there like three times a week. And then the other days I'm like just coffee shop hopping.
1: Do you ever feel like an imposter when you're like vlogging and you're like, I'm just in my second bedroom, like doopy doo, because I'm at the moment working from home. Plus I have a co-working space, probably exactly the same setup as you. Yeah. And I'm like, if I vlog here, <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> like it's like you've done such a great job. Like I think that nook that you're sitting in right now is the same nook that you established for YouTube. But when you're like, my space is just shit. Like, how do I make this cute to feel like a vlogger? It's so yeah. hard. And like, oh, are know. you? Do you criticize yourself? I've really, really tried to be like, fuck
0: it. I'm going for it. (laughs) It's so hard. It's hard. It is hard. It is hard. I definitely like, that's another reason why I haven't done this because I think I'm at a point in my life where I'm okay with just showing up as who I am. And I used to not be okay with that. I used to not show up on Instagram because for whatever reason, I was just not comfortable doing that. And now I'm like, you know what, the people that are watching this, if they're cool with me. I, they're going to, they're going to resonate it with a lot more if they're mm. seeing me in like not the perfect pristine outfits, because there's no way that I'm showing up every single day in that way. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think it is a lot more comfortable to me because I've built an Instagram that is around being authentic. Mm. And that's kind of like taught me how to get out of my comfort zone a little bit more. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be talking about this and then not show up like that because that's the absolute opposite of what I'm trying to do. But yeah, it is hard. I mean, like I'm in a studio that I created for myself and my husband. He also has a production situation going on that he's running. But um, yeah, I think about it all the time and I'm like, I need to go buy like the cute things and like the perfect mirror to do selfies. And I'm like, what am I talking about? I, I need, need to Amazon just...
1: storefront.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. I know. I need to like to, I'm like, why do I need a like to know it account when I'm not a fashion influencer? I know. And I'm like,
1: but yeah. do I become one? Should I get a cute sweater and like do a thing? Do I need to, Oh, it's yeah. so hard. Like the, it's not imposter syndrome. It's like, All the things that you're not doing that you feel like you need to do because everybody else is doing them. It's kind of the FOMO of being online. Mm -hmm. uh, Because it's kind of, I mean, for you and I, it's like low hanging fruit, right? Like wearing something, setting up an online shop, chucking it up and then doing that and then maybe talking about it. But that is such a whole other world. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think it's like, there's that point where I told myself, I'm like, I'm not going to be the perfect vlogger because I'm not doing that i'm like building a creative agency i need to be okay with not having as many followers as the perfect little wellness girly who just does whatever she does Mm. in the morning and then takes the perfect photo at a coffee shop like i had that moment i'm being like why am I comparing myself to people that I have literally nothing to do with? And I'm trying to do something so different than them. I like, it's a really hard thing to battle in your head with. And I am at a point now where I'm like officially, okay, obviously there's always going to be moments where you're like, "Ugh, I wish I had that or. Yes. I wish my apartment was cuter so I could just film everything everywhere. But <laughs> but there's yeah. a small corner and this
1: is what we've got yeah. to work
0: with. <laughs> yeah. I'm literally like filming in my kitchen the other day. I'm like, oh, I really wish my washer and dryer
1: were in my kitchen.
0: <laughs> it's just so awkward and ugly, but that's okay for I, feel
1: the same. I was going to buy, I just moved house and I was going to buy a coffee machine. I was like, should I get a Smeg one so I can TikTok it? Yes. No, yes. no, bitch. You don't need the Smeg.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> the FOMO of that is real. Yeah. It's, uh, it's wild. So building something much, much bigger, which we can all appreciate. And you are definitely doing that. What is the end to end process of a brand coming and working with you? And I know yeah. you offer a lot of different services, but I think maybe talk about the onboarding process, a standard kind of project timeline, and then the offboarding. Because I feel like a lot of people don't actually talk about offboarding as well.
0: Mm. Offboarding is honestly one of the. It's an awkward part of a project. It's mm. like. I, anyway, I, I will I'll I'll talk about it from beginning to end. But um, yeah, so for for a branding project, there's kind of three tiers that we do. We do mm-hmm. a we do strategy, which is the beginning point of any type of brand, and then we do uh, brand identity, which is logo design, colors, fonts, mood, aesthetic, like photography style, things like that, and then we can go into a little bit deeper on brand identity and do social media templates, and then full-on website design. So it's like kind of everything in between. We can build out customized packages for people. And that's what I like doing. A lot of people have told me, like, you need your set custom packages. Don't deter from that and things like that. But I'm like, I just feel... Yeah, it is extremely hard. And I also feel weird about possibly charging somebody for something that they don't need whatsoever. Like I'm the first person to tell a client or a potential client being like, you don't need a logo. Like we can, we can Mm. build out a full brand and just have like a beautiful word mark. I mean,
1: that is a logo, but they don't need like an icon kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people think that they need so much more than they really do to start. Um, same goes for websites. I think that they need this like insanely built out website. And I'm like, Mm. if we can do this as minimal as possible, obviously we need to like check all the boxes that you're wanting to get across, but I just want to make sure that it's fitting for what people want to do and need to do. Um, But going back to the beginning process, I will start out with basically a discovery call to just understand the ins and outs of what they're wanting to do and what they're needing help with, pain points and all of that. And then I will build out a custom quote for them. If that is ready to go and they want to go ahead, I'll book in a a strategy call, which is at the beginning of every one of our projects. And that strategy call is usually about an hour and a half. And we'll just do, like I was talking about before, we'll do a deep dive on um, who they are, who their brand is, who their customer is, and who their audience is that they want in the future. So we look at if, if they're not a startup or anything. We will look at who their current demographic is and then mm. do, like, kind of look at it beside their perfect demographic, like who they really, really wanna be reaching. And we'll do a little bit of comparison between the two and research. And we'll also do competitor analysis and just break down like what they're doing well, what they're not doing well, what we could take, what we could leave and just how to make it unique to that brand. Um, and then I will wrap that all up. And if we're going into brand identity and then we'll go into detail on mood boarding fonts, colors, and that's kind of like a two to three revision timeline. Like it's mm. usually about a two week to four week. Uh, honestly, it's like, it's so dependent on life and just like getting revisions back and things. Yeah. I try, I try to get it moving pretty fast, but mood boards fonts colors usually end up being like about two weeks and then once those are confirmed we'll move into like logo processes and that's that could be anywhere from like two weeks or to four weeks depending on how many deliverables they want Mm -hmm. and then we go into social templates and stuff like that and then websites are a much bigger aspect of it all we get nitty-gritty yeah we get nitty-gritty on the um like the psychological side of websites on just being like where to place buttons and what to have here and there. And we can Mm -hmm. get all crazy with that side of things with sales. But, um, yeah, websites can be, as you said, kind of a beast and they will range usually from like a two months to like all the way to like six months process. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah, How do you map do? out your own like capacity with that? If you're like, okay, I've got this website and I think it's going to go for three months, but then it ends up going for six months and then you've said yes to a couple of other things. like
0: Yeah, I am learning, but at the same time, it's just like you saying that gives me anxiety because I know it's going <laughs> to happen again. <Yes. laughs> I know it's going to happen again. I literally am in the middle of a situation where it's probably going to be happening and I can already feel it, but I'm going try to try to do my best to work around it. That's where it really comes in handy to have contractors because then I can delegate some other things that maybe I wasn't yeah. foreseeing being on my plate. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm definitely working on it. It's a huge learning curve for me.
1: You can't learn that in a class. You know, you've got yeah. to learn your own capacity and what the workforce totally does to you. <laughs>
0: yeah, Yeah, exactly. And it's the same to go with like pricing you have no idea what you're getting yourself into at the beginning. And you're like, I'm, I'm banking on this being two weeks, but what if it's a month? And I just like
1: lost all those hours. Totally shot yourself in the foot. A hundred percent. Yeah. Do you think that people at the moment are coming to Manuka Sunday for Mel? And then is the goal that like that stops happening? I think so.
0: Um, To your first question, I think they're coming for me. I get a lot of inquiries. I hate the way that sounds. I am like, that's so weird to me, but oh, it's,
1: I'm in the exact same boat. If somebody came to Tom for video and I wasn't on the project, they'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's what I mean by that. And I'm mm. like, I know. And it's, it's actually a, a pain point that I have right now because I don't feel comfortable with passing on a project to somebody else that I'm not touching. I'm mm. like, I know that people are coming to work with me because they want to work with me. And it's, it's a, it's a struggle because you have like to scale a business and to build something, you need to be able to pass things along. Mm. And I think that I will, I am able to do that in a sense, but it's a hard thing to let go of and like learning how to let go of that control a whole nother thing with like hiring and everything. But Mm. I'm I think I'm getting better at it with like letting go enough and then having the final touch on it or final say, of course, Mm. like the approval process and things like that. Um, But it is it's definitely a thing where it's like I I know people are reaching out to me because they're they feel very comfortable to reach out to me and they want to they want to talk to me about what I can do for their business because they see what I'm doing on a daily basis and like my own thing.
1: And they're, they relate to that style and they know it's mine. So yeah. Are you going to forecast to get off the tools eventually? Like, is that like a five year pipeline to just basically creative direct for Sunday?
0: Yeah. I would love that. I honestly would love that. And I think that it's, it is definitely like, I can see it in the future. It's just building out one price points that I can afford to have amazing, like a full amazing team that's like all on board and all are aligned on the vision. Um, yes, it's definitely
1: in the future and I would love to get there. Do you have any tips on managing other people's creativity?
0: Mm -hmm. It's so hard. I, I think like another thing when you said that it almost takes a step out of the process when they message you is that one thing that I really learned was like, when the people messaged me to work for me, I knew that they would understand what I was going for already. Mm. And that's a huge thing with creativity. Like you can't teach it. It's like, if somebody has the eye for that aesthetic looking vibe, they just know they just get it. Yeah. And you can't really, like, I can't even explain it. You, you can't teach some, you can teach it to a point, but you can't teach somebody just how to like beautifully lay out an Instagram grid. Well, it's
1: intuitive. So it's kind of like you're trying to replicate intuition, which is fucking hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Not even a thing. Totally. And it's the exact same thing as like, you can't expect just everybody to put together a perfectly classic outfit or a beautifully created Or curated bedroom, living room, whatever it is. Yeah, it's such a skill, and it sometimes it comes so natural to people. And when you find it, you're like, you have it, and I need Mm -hmm. it, and I need you to. Yeah, but like teaching creativity, I have really tried to fine tune on like the little things, and like that's where that's where like the the knowledge about design comes in handy, which is like a little tough for me because I don't have the textbook design yeah, vocabulary or explanations on things. I have more of like the, I grew up in a house where my parents built homes. So I was just naturally, I walked around in restoration hardwares on the weekend. <laughs> like yes, I, I naturally would just like, I saw it and I was around it and I loved it. And yeah, it doesn't come natural to some people, but learning those like basics, little, little like spacing and white space Mm. and font sizes and things like that. I've really tried to learn more about so I can hand that off to people, Mm. but it's, it's tough.
1: Yeah. I want to talk about our drive mutually to share what goes wrong in business. Yeah. Like and I don't necessarily know how to do this, but I think that you are one of my first guests that's actively talking about mistakes and learnings. Mm-hmm. But if we looked back 10, 20 years ago at women in our own, I guess, work trajectories, you couldn't pay them to talk about the shit that was going wrong. Because yeah. it would be they would be like, Why on earth would I talk about that? That's not how I'm gonna grow my business. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know it's, it's a weird fine line. You're like, I don't want to show aspects of my life that are going wrong because then people don't trust me. But then on the other side of things, I want people to actually understand who I am as a human being. And therefore they connect with me on a deeper level. And I Mm. think that's what has really, again, going back to the connections and the relationships, like I think people really resonate with that. And I have noticed I would say nine times out of 10 that an inquiry comes in, it's from a solo entrepreneur or a somebody that's building something from scratch and has a very small team, but they're doing it themselves. Mm. It's never, I never get people reaching out from like their, I mean, randomly, but like the marketing head of a company, it's mostly, it's mostly businesses that have that understanding of what goes into building a
1: business and they're kind of wearing all the hats relatable to you. Yeah. You're talking about.
0: Yeah. And it's honestly, it's like, I, I relate so much to those types of people. So I, I really enjoy working with them.
1: This has only come to me recently from growing up as I grow my business in terms Mm -hmm. of understanding the finance, hitting sales targets, understanding what I need to live all of that how do you divide the time that you take up for the podcast and all that stuff and the actual like ROI on that versus the clients coming in and actually paying rent?
0: Oof, it's a trial and error. That's for sure. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. It's like, I, I do, when I have inquiries come in, I look at what I did in the past week and I'm like, okay, I can see where that came in and i can see mm. with youtube i'm up, like every single time i do a youtube channel i'm going to try to get i'm going to try to do something that i can track if they're putting their email in somewhere if they're following through on something and i get a notification that somebody is joining the content planner the free content planner i can see their email coming in so i'm like okay that's working right it's hard To track it on the fact where it's like, how, like, how well is this going? Because again, like with big purchases, like a branding project or a website design, Hmm. I notice that I have a lot of people coming to me where it's like, they're definitely slower buyers and they maybe followed me for a year or so. Hmm and they're realizing that they're needing something now so they've i've built that trust over time and now they're coming to me then again, I do definitely find some, like, there's a couple of things that I've done where it's like, I'll get a random response where it's like, I just saw this, I just saw this reel that you posted and I aligned with it so much. And I, then I found out that you have a design agency. So I hit inquire and things like that. So sometimes it's really random and I can't track it whatsoever, but then other things are, I'm like, okay, that was very strategic and I need to make note of that and do it again in some different mm. form but it is hard. It's like, there's so many different aspects of creating like strategy on inbound leads and things like that. My biggest thing is absolutely word of mouth. So I mean, going back to that offboarding situation, Mm -hmm. why it's sometimes difficult for me is because I am so much like, I will give and give and give in a project in one, just because I want to build a really good client relationship and I actually really care about my client relationships. And two, like I know that that person is going to be a ride or die for me. And if they out- enter any situation in their life where somebody needs a project or like somebody mm-hmm. to pass along a name, I'm going to be the name. And I think like that is so much stronger than an inbound lead system where it's like going to get you like 20. I get these emails every day. I can get like five, five, like 10x your inbound leads and yes. book out your months and things like that. I'm like, no, I don't want these types of people because yeah. I want the people that know who I am. I want the people that understand what I do and have been like brought to me by another person. I have one client that has probably through the grapevine has sent me like eight different people and they are all Amazing to work with because I know that they came through her and they have probably the same similarities. Personality traits are similar. They just get it, and And it's another right
1: client. Mm.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, how do you find
1: actually dividing your time on Mm. what you give to client work versus the podcast and all that?
0: Sometimes I will try to book out time on like I used to say like Monday mornings were just for my own business. That doesn't really go as planned every week, <laughs> for sure. Um, there's some days where I'm like, I really want to make this happen, so I'm going to make it happen. And I'm working till like 1 a.m. on it. But I mean, that's like something that I'm just very honest about. A lot of people are like, you need to balance and everything. And I was I right before this podcast, I was telling you that today has been a day and mm. it's because that balance is sometimes just not going to be there. And I feel like if you're doing something really, really good or doing something really, really well, and it's going so it's going really well in one area of your life, usually another area is kind of slipping. Mm. And that's something that one, I kind of struggle with, but at the same time, I'm like, understanding that that's a very okay. And so there's different seasons where I'm like, I'm going to push super hard to make this happen. And this YouTube channel thing is like, it's actually something that I really want to make happen. So I'm okay with putting in the extra time and like mm. those late nights or working on the weekends and making sure it's just happening. But then other times I'm like, I just try to weigh out the pros and the cons and just making sure like, okay, what are my actual priorities here? And obviously client work always comes ahead of that type of stuff. So if there's one week that I don't release a podcast, it's usually because it was a really heavy client work week that I'm mm. like, I just can't do it all. So I'm yes. really, I'm trying to make it all work, but you know what? I'm okay with it. Not all happening all at once. All the time. Do
1: you have any advice for people that are working in their business on the tools that are really similar to us? And then also have their, they've got the goals for their newsletter and their Instagram and all that. And they're just basically trying to have it all, but yeah. And working on the business versus in the business.
0: Yeah. I would say my, I mean, everybody says this, but like time batching is so key. I think that planning at taking like a couple hours out of your, like the beginning of the month to really map out like what you're wanting to do and just having that brainstorm with yourself and your. Team, if you have it, or Mm. I mean, just like mapping out some topics that you could spread out over the course of a couple weeks. And like, I think that a lot of people see creating content as like this massive thing. I have to create 30 pieces of content that's going to take forever. It's going to like, there's so much to do. But if you really look at it, if you write one blog post on like a really big topic, There's probably, like, 30 pieces of content within that. Yeah. There's just, like, different ways that you can look at it. And I think, like, repurposing is a huge tool that you got to have in your back pocket. And also, like, I was looking at one girl's um, strategy for her course – sales, cre- like course creation sales. And she was saying like, she just was like, I'm going to be super honest. I've rinsed and repeated the same strategy I did last quarter, last year, two years ago, mm. but she's just like flipped images. She's flipped wording and things like that. And she's like, just make it easier on yourself. Like nobody, this is that kind of bad to say, but like nobody's really paying attention to the, the tiny, tiny little details yeah. that you put so much focus on. I think that you just got to let up on yourself. And like, sometimes, sometimes like letting go of that whole perfection and everything is mm. your biggest asset.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What's next for you? And what, tell me about today, what happened that was so hectic? Oh, just I the just balance.
0: like, yeah, the balance and just getting in my head of like not being able to do it all. Honestly, that's, <laughs> that's it. <laughs>
1: it's not, it's,
0: it's like not the whole thing. It's not, it wasn't a whole thing, but it was just like me getting in my head about not being able to, like, I just stressed about like having a good weekend and enjoying myself. And I'm like, I started thinking about like all the work that I could have done, been doing and like getting ahead yeah. and things like that. And it's just like kind of that hamster wheel that you get yourself on sometimes. But I was also had a lack of sleep and just probably didn't treat myself mm. to some nutrition this weekend so I had like Sunday scary situation going on what's next I well honestly this past couple of weeks I've been prepping so much to go on a couple of different trips that I'm so excited for this Thursday I'm going on my like a work trip that I'm covering a full retreat in Arizona and I'm like it's so extremely grateful to be a part of it because I just get to go with all these amazing women and just capture like all the moments and the memories that they're going to be doing. And like, Oh, I'm just, I am just like seriously blown away. Are you doing
1: that as an influencer or more as a, like a documenter and they've hired you as a photographer kind of thing?
0: Yeah. So I'm going to be covering, I, I run their social media at the moment right. and I do the website and stuff like that. So what I'm going to be doing is basically documenting everything for marketing purposes in the future to mm-hmm. sell more retreats. So I get to do all the day-to-day events and do all mm-hmm. the behind the scenes and document everything on stories and just make everybody jealous that they're not there. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing that I've just been getting ready for and like trying to plan as much as possible is for, um, my husband and I are going to Italy at the end of the month and we're going for three and a half weeks. As, wow. Like, a very prolonged, very after the fact honeymoon. <laughs> wow. So yeah. So getting ready to like, let go of a lot of control in my business is a big yeah. thing. How and are the- you processing that? first a lot of stress and then i'm like you know what <laughs> i just got to make a list and check yeah. things off and just get through it and i'm honestly like i'm very okay with where it's at right now i've just given all my clients a huge heads up to be like everything's going to be taken care of if mm-hmm. i'm not here there's one week where i'm like completely going offline so mm-hmm. and i do like i have made the connections with my clients that they really appreciate me and i appreciate them and they are really excited for me to take some time off so it's scary but it's also like I know it's gonna be okay I know everything's gonna be okay and I'm also like not nervous but I'm very interested to see if like I'm gonna get this like creative nomad life going on and I'm gonna just want to travel everywhere
1: (laughs) so is your husband in production as well what does he? Yeah. Do?
0: So he's a, he's a copywriter. He okay.
1: um, did journalism and
0: he, yeah. So he does a lot of SEO work, website copy. If I need a website copywriter or blog writer or anything like that, I, we have him on hand.
1: And then, um, I mean, can you guys work from anywhere? Is the nomadic lifestyle yeah. like around the corner? Oh
0: it could be, it definitely could be. And like, that's kind of something that I think about with if I were to build out this at more educational platform to be able to give that DIY version of these, these projects. Mm. that's something that I would absolutely kill for. Like, I would love to do that. Um, and just be able to go wherever you want to go.
1: Yeah. On your vlog, you were like, it's negative 30 degrees outside. I was like, get out of there. What are you doing? (laughs) I know,
0: I know. I've had many conversations with people being like, what are we doing here? (laughs) It's that's just too cold.
1: It was no awful. no no.
0: I'm not a winter person either, but I love I love Toronto so much.
1: Well, I hope that you just keep cranking out the work because it is really, really inspiring.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: Like I'm on the other side of it, probably not needing your services as like a lead, but I'm in the trenches with you, appreciating everything that you do and sharing the hustle it's really really good
0: oh thank you so much and sometimes it's like you know like when you get into the hamster wheel of everything and you're just like you're like okay the day-to-day we're doing this we're doing mm-hmm. this and they're doing this and you don't really understand like what it's doing yeah and then you like you step away from the situation and look at it like out a bird's eye view and you're like okay I'm doing this and I yeah. feel like it is so important to remind other people to. to take a look at it like that so Mm -hmm. thank you i appreciate that
1: no worry. so where can people find you
0: i am mostly on instagram at manuka sunday and then our website is www.manukasunday.com we're doing like a website refresh so it's like kind of a under construction situation there Mm -hmm. but yeah and then youtube is at manuka sunday and the podcast is anywhere you would listen to podcasts at manuka sunday podcast Thank you so much. This was actually, this was so great.
1: That brings me to the end of our episode. If you want to find Mel's Manuka Sunday Notion template for production, I've put it in the show notes along with everything else that you may have been curious to see that her and I talked about. Thank you so much for listening. Please hit subscribe or send to a friend that you think would enjoy it. And I'll see you next week.